love, presence of God, thankful to be around people that aren't afraid to just go ahead and show how much they love God, to worship God in spirit and in truth. And uh, we are turning to the book of Acts, the 17th chapter. Hallelujah. And this is uh, a little bit about our shining our light in this world. A little bit about being effective in, in the in this world that God has put us in. God's all got us in a place, praise God, with a purpose. And Paul is such a good example of this here in the book of Athens, hallelujah, or the book of Acts, rather, in the city of Athens. And uh, I'll tell you, I know sometimes we're looking at this world and seeing all the challenges, but uh, God's bigger than our challenges. And we've got more than what this world has. And if we'll walk in it, God will shine His light through us. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for... God, just everything we've already heard and felt in this house, God. Thank you for your love and, and your kindness to us, Lord. And thank you for the word. Lord, this isn't our opinions. This isn't, uh, Lord, the traditions of some denomination or man-made organization. This, Lord, is your word. And we look to it and we ask you to feed us with it. We ask you to help us, Lord, not only to be hearers, but to be doers of your word. And, to, Lord, to love your word and have it hidden away in our hearts, God. Lord, bless your people. Bless, Lord, the preaching and the hearing of your word. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. We're just going to read one verse, but we're going to refer to a lot of this uh, part of this chapter, really. Acts 17, verse 16 says, Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city holy given to idolatry. God bless you. You can be seated. So Paul is, no matter where he is, he could be in prison. He is doing something for God. And he is waiting um, in Athens. But uh, every day, he's looking for purpose. Every day, he's waiting for opportunities to engage and try to shine that light, try to be everything God wants him to be. Amen. He's in this city, uh, Athens, and Athens is named for a Greek goddess named Athena. Kind of a female counterpart to Ares. She was a goddess of war. But uh, not only were they worshippers of Athena, but worshippers of many gods. Um, And in all that as well, they were widely known for their philosophers, their wise teachers of that day, I suppose. Men that still today are being studied, uh, trying to trying to figure out just why are we here? Where do we come from? Where are we going? What is purpose? And some of these men, philosophers, would spend their time saying, how do I even know I exist? <laughs> and they're still... Without God, these are unanswered questions. You've got people today, back in this day, some of their great philosophers like Aristotle and Plato and Socrates, some one of them came up and said, I think, therefore I am or I exist. And we have people nowadays still trying to figure out, am I, am I in a simulation? <laughs> yeah. You've got uh, 
these, these philosophers would gather in the Parthenon and talk about things. And Paul was in this very area addressing some of the people. Some of these, he talks about the uh, Stoics. And the Epicureans, there are people today still very much reading the literature and the books of the Epicureans and the Stoics today and saying, hey, this is good stuff to live by. But there are no real answers that they are really getting outside of just a life surrendered to Jesus. And when Paul begins to see these folks and begins to interact with them, they come across very condescending to him. Christians recognize that sometimes, uh, a lot of times, there's not going to be a lot of people maybe respecting your love for Jesus. It's kind of funny to me sometimes. I have to chuckle. Some I've been in situations and people kind of start to laugh and mock a little bit. And all oh, Sunday school boy doesn't know anything about what we're... And they don't know how God has transformed our lives. They don't realize uh, what we were and, and how good God has just changed our lives into something great. And, uh, but there is, very often you'll see in the Bible, and we deal with it today, people that will stand against what you are and, and what you hold dear to you by mocking in the book of Acts, the second chapter. The Bible talks about on the day of Pentecost, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance, and they came by and mocked them immediately. We see that throughout the Word of God, see it in the book of Nehemiah. Here it says in Acts 17, uh, in verse 18, certain of the philosophers of the Epicureans, the Stoics, encountered him. Some said, what will this babbler say? Doesn't sound like it was very respectful, does it? Some, others some, he seemed to be a setter forth of strange gods. These people had many, many gods that were idols that uh, they worshipped. And, and we're going to look at one of the gods that they worshipped, these wise Men in this culture that reverenced wisdom had so many gods that they worshipped and tried to affix, you know, holidays and things to, that they got worried, they were worried that maybe there's a god that we're not worshipping, and we missed him somehow in all of our wisdom, so let's just be careful because we don't want to get him angry with us. And we're going to make an idol, we're going to make an altar to an unknown God. So that if we missed one, hey, we tried, you know. Help us, God. This was their wisdom and where they took it to. You know what the Bible says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. That's what the Word says. They said he seemed to be a setter forth, a strange God. Paul was the weird one. You know. When we're shouting, when we're... Uh, excited about Jesus when we're putting our hearts into this sometimes even dancing in the spirit and lifting up our voices unto God and, and oh they're, they're so weird how, how into God you are why would you be so enthusiastic why, why so passionate about it but you know it, it's weird when you're, you're, you're loving God according to the word of God you know, but you put that kind of enthusiasm into the Super Bowl. You put that kind of enthusiasm into a, a, a band of some kind. That's just, that's just normal to them. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
We were walking around. Same pier I was talking about. Uh, saw some women somewhere along the line on, I think it was probably Wednesday. They uh, obviously burned something and had a cross painted on their forehead with the ashes. Hallelujah. So somebody asked me, is that in the Bible? No. No. You know, nobody goes up to say, what kind of strange cult do you belong to? Somebody burned ashes. You got a black cross on your forehead with something that was burned. Hallelujah. <laughs> but, but, you know, you try to live right. You try to dress right. You try to talk right. You try to, try to be kind and love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you're some kind of weirdo. So these folks that served an unknown God thought Paul was kind of a weirdo. Says they, he preached because he preached them Jesus in the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to Areopagus saying, May we know this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know therefore what these things mean. So, Paul is in this town, in this, surrounded by this idolatrous culture. We're going to get back to that in a minute. But now God sets up an appointment that he is now engaged in a conversation with some folks that want to know more about what he is uh, all about, what he believes, and about his Jesus. Now, I want to look at Paul's attitude towards these people because it could have been easy for him to lash back at them, right? could have been easy for him. He's already probably felt something. Nobody likes to be mocked. Nobody likes to be belittled and felt like they, they, they're the, the, the funny guy on the block. You know, he's a new guy in town. And, and what a strange babbler he is, you know. I'm sure it would have been easy for his flesh to get in charge and be able to say, Oh, now, now I'm going to put you here. Because he knew how to preach. There's a lot of times I was talking to Brother Bob this morning before the service. Sometimes we know what's right, but when he bring it across in a way that is abrasive and hurtful, sometimes that's uh, counterproductive. Praise the Lord. Uh, the Word of God is a sword, but uh, a sword can be used to, for, for good, but also to damage. So be careful. And Paul could have done that. This would have been a very easy time. Paul was no ignorant man. Paul was a very educated man. Paul was somebody that understood how to handle himself in a, uh, in a conversation. And he probably could have surprised them and made them feel foolish in all their wisdom by just uh, debating them in a way that tried to prove a point about himself rather than really exalt God. He didn't do that. Sometimes we have to look at ourselves and ask ourselves, what's our motive really about? We uh, engage people that, that uh, you know, maybe they have mocked you. Maybe they have made, said some things that make you feel like uh, in, insignificant and, and put you down. And, and uh, you know how wrong they are. Sometimes you can make somebody look wrong or feel bad and, and win maybe a, a, an argument, win a debate. Or you could say, God... I want to win a friend. I want somebody to see you in me. I want them to see Jesus and know that I'm not, I'm not going to fight that battle. I want, 
I want them to, to be right. I want them to be saved. That is the beautiful thing about being a Christian. There's so much, you know, we mentioned Nehemiah earlier. Nehemiah told him one place, I'm doing a good work. I can't come down. You know, when you realize it's, it's not personal, it's about the kingdom of God. When, when, when people, they'll make it personal. They'll come and mock and they'll come and, and, and attack you. And they'll, they'll, they'll come and try their best to, to pull you into something that is just childish. But you rise above that and see the need of their soul and try to help them be saved. Paul did not attack them. Paul did not try to combat their, their, uh, their mockery, their their uh, uh, attacks for, for being a babbler and, and a strange, put her, put her forth as strange gods. I want to say something else as well as we're in this topic of engaging a culture that is contrary to, to God. And the farther we go, the farther we see things farther away from, from truth and from God's will and things being attacked and tore down. There is another, this has always been around, don't get me wrong, this is something we've seen whew, forever. It's, there's always been um, this tactic, really, of a lot of your uh, more mainline, maybe churches, if you will, some of the big business church. and they, they, They're more interested in, in uh, trying to take things out of context in the Bible and try to make, you know, make us kind of more relevant to the culture. Let me put it this way. I, I heard somebody that, that has a podcast here recently, and they were talking. They had a, 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 a man who goes out and engages colleges and tries to uh, talk to them about the Word and talk to them about the Gospel. And, and this young man who's got a podcast, and he was saying he's a Christian. And, and uh, was, so I was interested because I, I really kind of like the attitude this man has when he goes out and tries to engage those out on the street like that. And... And this uh, young man with the podcast was talking about being a Christian. And he said, you know, when I talk with people and I start, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I want to say not, not just using foul language, but just some of the worst, if you will. You know, when I'm talking to somebody, I just start kind of dropping the F-bomb and talking about how I smoke weed. They know I'm just like them. And it makes them comfortable in a way that I can reach them with the gospel. Uh, and we could go on and on about this, some of the bigger churches and their Super Bowl parties that they've had and some of the bands and the secular music that they were enjoying in their churches, um, you know, is justified by saying, I want people to know I'm just like them. You don't see the apostles doing that. This idea that Jesus, the disciples in the book of Acts, the apostles, they were there in the bars and they were there in the places where, where, you, where you hired the prostitutes and they were there in all the drug dens. They had all that, but you don't see that in the Bible. Say, wait a minute, wasn't Jesus hanging around with sinners? He was a friend to sinners. But they would follow him into the house because he had something there. There's something greater than being relatable or relevant. It's being a friend and being, a, being kind and, and, and loving your neighbor. I don't, 
I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I don't want people to say, I'm just like you. I want them to say, I had what you have, and I have something so much better now. And it's not because I'm better than anybody else. It's what God has done for me that I don't need all that. That I'm free and all that. I can, I, I can talk in a way that's going to edify. I can, I can do things. I can, I can rely on Jesus and not have to get a buzz to try to deal with everything that's going on in my mind and my heart. I have something so much better. Hallelujah. So what you see is not Paul attacking and making it personal. You don't see him trying so hard to be relevant But you see him always reasoning with people. Even when he is on trial for his faith, he's been beaten, he's been locked up. You think, how angry Paul should be. You're stealing my life. No, I'm just right where God wants me. I'm going to try my best to to win a a jailer if I can. And, And he comes before them and the Bible says he reasons with them. I love that so much because Paul, Paul in one place said, pray for me. Pray for me that deliver me from unreasonable people. And, and, and God says in Isaiah, come let us reason together. I love that about God. So you see Paul coming to them. He, he's, he's loving them in a way that shows them that he's got something better that they need. But he's hearing them. He's hearing them. He goes and starts to tell them, I, uh, I noticed your unknown God. I noticed that place of prominence in your city where you're worshiping an unknown God. Wouldn't that have been an easy target? Wouldn't that have been something they could have easily just said, how dumb do you think that is? How ridiculous does that look? He didn't do that. You know what he did? He said, I saw that idol, that that altar to an unknown God. I want to tell you about him. I want to tell you about the God you don't know about. And he steps into this in a way that I'm sure it got their attention. It put a put a hook in their hearts. You know, I, I know the God that you're, you, you say you don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you exactly who his name is. When he could show them, I've got something better than what you've got. You've got all this wisdom. You've got all these gods. I've got Jesus. And he had something to show them that was better than what they had. Hallelujah. I, I've been around, and, and I'm, I'm always, I'm, I, I think you know this. I think you share this. I think we, we don't walk around thinking we know it all. We don't act like we don't have a lot to learn. The Dave even said here this morning, got a lot, got a lot to learn. But I know when somebody is coming to me and, and says, i got something I feel I can help you. You got my attention. But when, when somebody, I don't care how long they call themselves a Christian. I don't care if they're a preacher or a bishop or whatever they might have as a title. If they come in a way that demeans and attacks and, you know, I, I just, I don't have time for it. It does not matter. You say, well, they, 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 they might have help. I say, God, send somebody that can, can help me, who can be a friend to help lift me up. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. The world was already condemned. And Paul was full of Jesus. And he said, guys, you've got this unknown God. I want to tell you about him. I want to tell you about the God you don't know anything about. Look at verse 28 in Acts 17. 
This is kind of neat. Now, I told you, you don't see him starting up with a band with their songs of, of Greece and, and, you know, trying so hard to fit into their culture. You don't see that. But I think this is so neat. Verse 28, it says, For in him we live and move and have our being. Hey, that's a child of God. That's every day. Amen. You're living in Him. It's not just Sunday morning. Now all of a sudden I'm going to be a Christian. I'm loving Him. I'm worshiping Him. All day, throughout the day, God is with me and I'm in Him. Amen. In Him we live and move and have our being. Listen. As certain also of your poets have said. For we are also His offspring. I, I don't know. They didn't have, you know, a, a music app on their cell phones, of course. They didn't have, you know, computers or Internet or, or, or radios in their vehicle, right? So somewhere he was moving around and heard their poets. Maybe there was music involved in some of their poetry. I don't know. But he picked up something, maybe going through the market. Hallelujah. Sometimes, you know how it is, you go through the store and there's that old song that you remember. But sometimes, if you, if you really think about it a minute, you say, you know what, I know, I know what we were looking for. I know what was missing. I know, what, I know the heart of what made that appealing to me. And Paul, somewhere along the line, picked up some lyrics, picked up a line in, a, in poetry somewhere being read, and it caught his attention. He said that the, the line was, for we are also his offspring. And something stuck in Paul later on to say, you know what? That's right. They just don't know the God who is their father, their creator. And he starts talking to them about this. And he says, for as much then as we are the offspring of God. He wasn't, look at that, look what he did. Isn't that awesome? He wasn't coming to say, you're stupid, you're wrong, I'm against that. Why? Do you believe this? Well, that's wrong. Do you think this is right? No, I am against that. Do you know why the Bible says, I know people that that is their their go-to. I'm going to try to find out what their church believes and destroy it. He found something they could agree on. (laughs) These idolatrous... (sighs) people of this culture full of idolatry and he said I'm going to tell you about your unknown God and I'm going to tell you what I hear you saying in your songs and your poetry but I'm going to tell you what it's really what you're really looking for is in Jesus hallelujah if they can see in you that you've got something better amen everybody's talking about love but they're going to look at your life and see if it's real or not Everybody's talking about family and, and, and everybody coming together. But when they look at your life and say, hey, they've got something that we're looking for. He says, for as much as then we are the offspring of God. He agreed with their poets. Talking about an, a pagan God. Right? They weren't talking about um, the God of the Bible. But he said, listen, I'm going to tell you about your unknown God. And even your poets say we're all the offspring of God. You're right. We are, cre- we are created in the image of one God. 
But listen, we ought not to think that the Godhead or, or divinity or who God is is like gold. Silver, stone, or graven by art and man's device. He, he was connecting with them, but showing, then bringing them to their error that, that it's not something you made, but it's what God, the God who made us. So when we are in this world that is so full of, of wrong, a lot of things we're seeing, and I, it troubles me. I, I, you know, I say it all the time. There's, there's, it's easy to just pick it out. It's easy to stand up and say, hey, here's what they're doing wrong in, 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 in uh, the, the entertainment industry. Here's what they're doing wrong in the movies. And here's what they, somebody did at, at an award ceremony. Here's what somebody did in the, in, in the government. And, here's, and, and spend all of our time just looking. But how do we engage it day by day? We're surrounded by it. We're uncomfortable with it. But how do we recognize that when we can make a one-on-one contact and try to show them, hey, I've got what you're looking for. I've got the answers that you're searching for. I want to tell you about what God did for me. Your testimony. The ability for you to say, here's not the answer uh, uh, that is the, the kind of the killing stroke of a debate. But here's why I've got something so good and I want you to have it just like I have it. Right. Hallelujah. Not, a, not an argument. Not a debate. Not a sticking up for yourself when somebody's put you down. But that they can see that you stand for something. You represent the kingdom of God. That God's got you on a, a mission, on, on a, in a place where, where you're an ambassador. And that when you are reaching out to them, you know, there's times I've had some, some side jobs over the years and times where some of that dealt with people traveling around and trying to stop in companies and try to bring business in. And, and uh, a lot of crazy things can happen. But I can't say some things because it's not about me. I'm on the clock and I'm representing somebody. Right? Somebody can, can, can say something or do something and, and it's, uh, it's not what I want. It's what, what my boss wants. Amen. Can I tell you as a child of God, that's our lives. Our lives is not what I want. It's like, God, how do you want me to respond? How is this going to make you look better? Amen. If they crucify me, God, I want to be able to shine a light and let you be glorified in everything I say, in how I represent you, in every way that I make an expression, I want to express how great you are. I want to do my best to show them with all that I have what a great God I serve. Hallelujah. Oh, give him glory. He's good. Amen. But I really want to talk here just for a few more moments from our text in verse 17. He said, or verse 16, I'm sorry. Paul said when he was waiting there in Athens, it's almost as if this wasn't even an appointed time, right? This wasn't something they sat down and said, you know what, let's go uh, witness in Athens. It was just there waiting. So what are you going to do while you wait? Go talk to somebody out on the pier, I guess, right? 
just going to try to do what I can do while I'm waiting, amen, in Athens. But while he's waiting in Athens, his spirit is stirred up. Something I, I want to spend, spend the remainder of my time with. His spirit was stirred in him. We said it earlier in this way. There's something that made him uncomfortable. I know sometimes people get themselves into trouble because they get too close to trouble. Amen. And sometimes the, the reason I've heard people say already, I don't understand why I'm always finding trouble. Well, you're getting so close to it so regularly that it's bound to happen when you play with fire. You're going to get burned. And many, many times if you make better decisions. But there's going to be situations in your life when you're in this world. And uh, there's going to be, you're going to notice just how, how few there are that really love Jesus. You're going to notice so much around you that just is so contrary to how we have life and an abundant life. You're going to see sin. You're going to see wickedness, but it's going to break your heart. It's going to, something inside of you is going to cry out to say, I'm, I'm so excited to be going to heaven. So tired of uh, not just the, the atmosphere of sin, but, but the, the hate and the anger and the, everything that's just not going to be in the family of God one day in heaven. And you start getting homesick. You start, something stirs up inside of you. When you look around and say, God, this, this world is not my home. Amen. We are... I want to I talk a little bit about just something that is so key to being a Christian. So, so much that so that I'd say if, if this isn't something that, that is working in you, you need to really have a born-again experience where Jesus is... It's not only someone you talk about, but somebody that you walk with and somebody that's in your life. Amen. There, there ought to be something in you that says, I see how this world is going and I'm uncomfortable with some things. Amen. I, I, we don't walk around with our head up and trying to act like we're better than anybody else. But there ought to be something in us that says, you know what, I, I, I'm looking forward to heaven. Jesus said it this way in John 15, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. We say it so often, it's two different verses brought together because in this chapter as well, or in this context rather, there is a place where Jesus I'm praying for you. I'm not taking you out of the world, but I'm praying for you while you're in the world. And we take that scripture and kind of pair it up with this one and say, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. This world isn't our home. And there's going to be things that, as God transformed us, that, that desire to be in heaven. The Bible talks about a groaning in us and in all creation that we were made to have something greater than just this day-by-day -day existence of just surviving and dealing with our own will and our own lusts and our own pride and, and dealing with all the petty things that we... We're looking toward heaven. We're looking at this flesh and all the, all the things that, that are fighting against us and our enemy, the devil, is going to be under his feet once and for all. We're in this world, but we're not of it. If you're comfortable with the music 
that you once listened to and you still relate to that tells me where your heart is. If you can listen to things that glorify hatred, anger, lust, and so much more. It's amazing. It's amazing. I know. I've heard it. I may have said it at one time in my life many, many, many years ago. Well, I don't listen to all that. They can be singing about the most evil, wicked things. Times where I've talked to people say, you like that song? Oh, yeah. You like uh, pedophiles? <laughs> what? Yeah. Listen to the lyrics. <laughs> it's, it's in there. What? Oh, I don't listen to all that. I just like the beat to it. I got that. I get that. I understand that. You're going to go ahead and turn a blind eye to some of that filth. You know, they're singing about horrible things. And, and I, I don't listen. To, I don't hear all that. But when you start loving Jesus, there's going to be some things you're uncomfortable with. You're not going to be able to watch the same things you used to watch. Say, ah, oh, it's not real, and that doesn't mean anything. When, when they start glorifying everything that, that is against your, your, your heart and your life and your home and trying to raise healthy children, trying to have a healthy marriage, trying to keep your mind pure and right and all the battles that you have to fight, and you're not going to be comfortable with some of that anymore. It's gonna, there's going to be something in you. You know, people say, oh, oh preacher, preaches against that. You're not, a, you're not allowed to do that. No, after a while, you're going to say, I just don't relate to it like I once did. Something makes me uncomfortable with that. When they're quoting the Bible and, and, and twisting it around and making a joke out of it. Oh, it's so much of it in this day. Such blasphemy. Amen. When they're trying to legitimize and normalize things that, that God is trying to set people free from. God's trying to give them something better. Amen. Something's going to stir in you. If you've got to walk with God... If you're really getting closer to Him, the closer you get to Him, the more you're going to... There's going to be situations you're going to be in that, you know, you can't avoid. And you're going to be like Paul saying, well, I'm just going to be a Christian right where I am. And I'm going to shine my light and love Jesus and show everybody around me I've got something great that I wish everybody had. But there's going to be some situations you're going to look at and say, that's just not for me anymore. I could go on and on and on in my life that it wasn't. I've heard people preach and I'll be honest with you. I've heard people preach the right thing the wrong way. I've been in situations where things I believe today, things I teach today, that once I used to live. And the preacher tried to make a fool out of folks and tried to make you feel uncomfortable and, and just, just kind of beat you down from the pulpit rather than try to lift you up and show you there's something better. I, I never once, it, it never once was something that, that it was appealing to me. I don't know. Maybe that's something you like. I feel sorry for you if that's the kind of way you look at things. But I did pray. And I said, God, if there's something I need, there's something I fall short in, send somebody who can be a, a friend. Somebody who can be like a father to me. Somebody that can be a, a mentor to me, Lord. 
I've prayed it, prayed it. I still pray that. God, if there's something I'm missing, God, you send somebody that can get a hold of me. Speak to me clearly. Show me in your word. If I'm so hard-headed that I'm not seeing it, God, please just be patient with me and send somebody my way because I want to know. I want to be right. Not just 98%. That's not 99.5%. I want to be right. Amen. And I've had that. I've had people come by and say, hey, that's not right. I don't want to fight. I don't want to. I'm not looking to try to get my way. I just want to. I want to be right with God. Amen. Hallelujah. But a lot of. A lot of what I live today. I just know getting close. Close to God as you can get. Just get as close to God. Spend as much time in his presence. I didn't say just going through the motions of prayer. I didn't say just reading the Bible so you didn't try to say I read the Bible. But you spend as much time just trying to get as close to God as you can. When you're in the house of God, just forget about everybody else. Just loving God the best you can. There's going to be some time you're going to be uncomfortable with this world and its, its values. Amen. Number two, there's going to be some times you're uncomfortable with some of the own, your own situations that you're in. I started saying it earlier that there's things where we have choices to make. Sometimes it's company. Sometimes it's conversations. Sometimes it's just hobbies and places we go and people that, that get together. And after a while, you know, if you love people and we're no better than anybody else. But some decisions that we make with our time. You know, sometimes you've got to walk away from a job. Because, yeah, God puts you in dark places sometimes. Amen. God puts you in places where they need to see a Christian. They need to see somebody on fire for God. They need to see somebody with a victory that they need. Not just another uh, fake or phony. They need to see Jesus in you. But there's sometimes you've got to make a decision and say, this is pulling me away from God. And I need God more than anything. There's times where closest friends are trying to pull you away from God. I'm not talking about walking away from friends. We don't shun people, but sometimes you've got to tell them, listen, I can't be around this. I can't be around. I love you, but this is, this is pulling me down. I can't. I, sometimes, like I said earlier, many, many times I see people really struggling, people really upset, and people just, just feeling like they've got such... Say, well, why, why can't I have victory? Why can't I have victory? God gives victory. But you know what? You've got to make choices that take you into victory. So often we don't want to. Re- we want to make our choices our way and then say, God, work it all out. Why am I not going in a direction that I really want to go in? Well, you've got to turn and walk that way. You've got to be able to say, you know what? I've got to make decisions that are going to get me closer to God. But when you make decisions that are going to get you farther away, and what's going to happen? Listen, what's going to happen? As you start getting uncomfortable in some situations, that can be the Spirit of God. That can be the Spirit of God saying, I shouldn't be in this conversation. I shouldn't be talking about this. This is causing me to talk about things that I shouldn't be talking about. Causing me to use language I shouldn't be using. It's something that's that's, that's pulling at me and showing me that I need. And and God's Spirit is going to make you uncomfortable in certain situations that if you can't be that light and be that difference then you need to 
be getting out of there and going in a separate direction. The Word of God says that we are bought with a price. We're not our own. It says, come out from among them and be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. That is a New Testament scripture. Turn with me to James and one more, one more point. One of the hardest things for some. But one of the best things that I can tell you. When you start spending time walking with Jesus. When you start spending time in His presence, loving Him. I can tell you specific times. Years and years ago. Very just important things situations in my life where my spirit was stirred up in me and it wasn't this world that I was uncomfortable with and it wasn't the environment that I was in but it was me that the Holy Ghost said you know what you can do better than that that my spirit got stirred up I felt conviction I felt uncomfortable with the level I was living at. And I said, I've got to change me. I can take you to places it seems odd maybe to some of you, but I was just walking with God and, and, and just had my mind on Him. And just at that moment, I felt like, hey, there's some changes that need to be made in you. That the Spirit of God was saying it to me. Things that I was uncomfortable with. Oh, did I say that? Was that... Was that my attitude in that? Oh, God, God, I'm so sorry. So many times I was just so uncomfortable. And the great thing about it is God helps you grow. That those things are behind me now. That He'll work on you and deal with you. And it's not the preacher legislating righteousness in you. But it's you saying, God, I feel you leading me this way. This is you talking to me. Look what it says in James. James 1.19 Wherefore, my beloved brethren, James 1, verse 19, let every man be swift to hear. Oh, I want to listen to God. Slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Lay it aside. Receive with meekness, with humility, the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. And it goes on. We quote this quite often. It says, if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He's like somebody that's looking in the mirror. Oh. I don't ever want to get too far from the mirror. I don't ever want to lay that down. That mirror is the Word of God. That I can look at my life. I, I, I look at this culture and I'm uncomfortable. I, I look at this many times an environment and I say, I'm, I'm going to move somewhere else. But oh God, help me to be able to look at myself in that mirror. Too 
often in this world, it's so hard for us because of a culture that has built up flesh and built up pride and built up our own self-esteem. And, and, and we're trying so hard to justify ourselves. We're trying so hard to, to, to just, just get the blame on this is why I am how I am. And it, it's this guy's fault. It's my parents. It's my, you know, it's my upbringing. It's my uh, environment. And look in the mirror. And if you're uncomfortable with what you see, God can change you and make you better. You can look at yourself and say, thank God for what I am today. Thank God I'm not who I was. Thank God that is past in me. And I'm so thankful for who I am today. I don't ever want to just go on as being... I heard a man say this. I'm going to blame it on somebody else. But I'm saying it, obviously, because I agree with it. But somebody was telling them, you know, and it was a very specific situation. So if your situation is not like this, I'm not just trying to paint a complicated um, situation just with a broad brush. But there was a man that came to a friend of mine saying, I, I just I battle, I battle with depression. I battle with just getting up in the morning and doing what I need to do. And he said, you know. If you start making better decisions, I see what's in your life. And you're, you're living a life you can't be proud of. You can't look at yourself in the mirror and say, thank you, Jesus, for who I am today. Thank you for the character that I have. See, you can't change your situations, your circumstances so often. God has handpicked those to create something in you. God's going to burn some things out of you. God's going to take you through some fiery trials sometimes, some tests. Amen. But at the end of the day, that you can look at yourself and say, thank you, Lord. I like who I am because of you. I like how I respond. I've been growing in you. Amen. I can tell you in my own life, when somebody preached to me and said, you don't have to be the person you are today. I said, "Is that, that can't be true. I can't stand who I am today. I was told that this is who I am. This is how it's going to be. And they said, no, Jesus will change you and make you better. I said, is, are you, I couldn't believe it. You can take away everything. And I, I, I look in the mirror and I'm so embarrassed and ashamed of myself. I look, I know my struggles. I know my fears. I know my battles. And they told me you don't have to carry that and justify it anymore. You can be free. He can change you to where, and, and I tell you today, I don't want to get far away from that mirror. I want to keep on looking and saying, God, help me to do better. Hallelujah. For any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer is like somebody's, he's looking in the mirror. And he sees himself, he beholdeth himself, but he goes his way and immediately forgets what manner of man he was. I got a, I, I, I can kind of get in my car and I can get away from, from my wife for a little while. She's always going to show up somewhere along the line though. We're not going to get too far apart. But I can run from people, but I can't run from me. Amen. I remember a preacher telling me that a long time ago. You won't outrun a lot of your problems because they're in the mirror. And I didn't believe him. I'll be honest with you. At that time, I said, you're, you're, you're dead wrong. I'll, I'll move to Montana if I have to. I'll get away. Hallelujah. And he said, you'll be there. 
<laughs> so I, when I lay my head down the pillow at night and I can have a clear conscience knowing who I am, but knowing that's not, it's not to be taken lightly. I can mess that up this afternoon if I, if I really get careless. That's why I need to keep the mirror. I need to be sensitive. Spirit of God can talk to me and say, is that really what my will? Is that really what I told you? Is that really my spirit living through you? See, God can help you. God can help you. You're battling today. Like I said, I don't want to take your battle lightly. I'm not trying to trying to act like everybody that's struggling with whatever kind of depression, whatever you are. I'm not trying to make that a light thing at all. But I am telling you, Jesus can make you better. Jesus can take those internal struggles that you're fighting with. That you're uncomfortable with. And He can put something in you that's solid. Like a rock. Whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth. God calls that mirror. It's not bondage. It's not a a, a law that's going to break you. It's the perfect law of liberty. It's God's laws that will set you free. Set you free from everything that, that no matter how much you might be uncomfortable in the world, uncomfortable in an environment that you're temporarily in, uncomfortable with yourself. If you look in a perfect law of liberty, God can make you free. Start doing His will. When we end a service and we pray, that's just the beginning. That's not the end of it. Because coming and saying, God, I want to do Your will. I'm sorry for... For being who I've always been. But God, I want to be better. You've got to go start doing the will of God. You've got to start living the will of God. Whoso looketh in the perfect law of liberty, continue therein, not being a forgetful here. How many times I've seen people and they say, I don't understand, I don't understand. We just preached on it. You did? Yeah, a lot. All the time. The answer, right there. Constantly, it's we're in this. But we can be so forgetful sometimes. But not to be a forgetful here, but say, that's for me. I'm going to be a doer. This man shall be blessed in his deed. And he goes on and says, if any man seem to be rich, religious and bridleth not his tongue and deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. I sometimes, I can be uncomfortable with how I handle things. I can be uncomfortable with how I said something. I want to be able to say, God, I'm sorry. I want to make that right and do better next time. I look at who I was, and I'm thankful to God today that I'm not that same person. But today, I don't want to get too close, too far away, rather, from that mirror. And every one of us today, God can make changes in your heart, make changes in your soul, make changes in your mind. That you can say, you know what, I can't control my environment. I can't control this world. But I can control me and my walk with God. Can we bow our heads in prayer? And I want me to be the best it can be. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Your battles, your struggles... Things that nobody really knows down inside of you, but you carry it with you day by day. 
you have little tastes of peace, little tastes of joy. But to really be able to say thank you, Lord, when I when I look into that perfect law of liberty, when I look into that mirror, God, I'm so thankful for what you have done in me. Lord, the peace that I have because I'm not who I was. The joy that I have because you're working in me. Something, Lord, that my situation, my circumstance can't take from me. Oh, I thank you for what you've built in me. Today, I can tell you the battles that you're going through, the trials that you're facing. If you keep the mirror close, it'll make you stronger. It'll build something in you. It'll help you break through some of those old battles you still fight. If you let God keep working in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for an altar. Thank God for a place we come and say, okay, God. I'm tired of being uncomfortable with me. Lord, I need more of you in me. Oh, let's pray. Let's talk to God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Let him make that change. Give it to him. Lord, I 
Give it to Him. Give you my soul. Oh, yes, Lord. He's going to work. Jesus, I love you, Lord. I give you my heart. God sees what you're going through. God knows every detail of it. Oh, yes. He cares about your situation more than you know. But His plan is to perfect us. His plan is to purify us. Get that flesh, that sin, that everything that's already making you so uncomfortable, and you know it. He's going to cleanse you and make you, hallelujah, give you satisfaction, fill you and fulfill you. Something greater than this world can ever give you. Hallelujah. He said if you'll turn to Him with all your heart, turn away from an old life, He'll give you a new life. Surrender to a God that loves you so much that you come and dwell among us and take our sins to the cross. Hallelujah for you. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. God's so good. Thank God for his presence here today. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to continue to look in that mirror. Lord, help us when we are uncomfortable with what we see, God. Change us. Help us to live, to grow, to be everything you called us to be. Let's all stand. Father, thank you again. Thank you for your presence here today, for your love, your kindness, God. Lord, I pray you'll just help us today to walk close to you. Lord, keep us safe as we travel. Shine your light through us, Lord. There's people all around us that need you. Help us, Lord, to to reach them with good news. Lord, have your way, God, in the service tonight. We give you all the praise, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.